Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. We're going to just share with you today, you know, my favorite thing in the world to do besides just loving on God and loving my family is to minister the Word of God. I absolutely love that because the anointing of God can keep you from the things that you would be most afraid of and most fearful of because uh, a group of people, you can make me very claustrophobic. But yet, when I begin to speak the word of God, something happens that isn't me. It's supernatural. And, um, and I love that about God. And of course, along the way, he's taught me so many things about uh, getting out of my box, out of my shell, and be comfortable in his and who he is. Because I am just the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, things that I would run away from 20 years ago... I now can stand with my feet planted and uh, maybe not as comfortable as you would be, but still able to do what God calls me to do. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, a few weeks ago, Pastor and I, you know, uh, I'm not going to talk this morning about the journey that we've just been on because everybody's on journeys and we go on different things. And I could, we could really write something about the last three of years of life at that would be pretty amazing about God's goodness. And you could take your life in the three last three years and write something pretty amazing about what God is doing. Do you know what this word is? It's testimony of God. It's testimony about his goodness. It's testimony that pointed toward the old, towards the new, towards the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means to us in our life. And uh, so there's a story for all of us to tell lots of stories over and over again and uh, as some of you know uh, we uh, have just we've really have finished the book uh, called uh, the miracle of the breaking and uh, it's the publishers have it uh, we have now a finished pretty well finished copy that uh, just came in through this week uh, well, I've already it's already in the Republic of Georgia and you all pray with me uh, that it gets translated. It's my fault if it doesn't get translated before October because I just couldn't get it to them. I didn't have the togetherness to get it to them. So we're praying for them, and the translator would have it done, but he's going to be at a uh, uh, at a school in September, so that takes a lot of his time too. So we just pray and leave that in the hands of God. Would really like to have it when we're there this year. But anyway, uh, the book is supposed to come out really, really soon, and uh, I don't know. I don't have a launch date. Don't, don't know that. Uh, we're getting books to proof next week. We have about five that is coming in, and, and uh, we'll be proofing those and going forth from there. But uh, as Pastor and I was, uh, we were coming from St. Louis, and one of our uh, probably trips back from the doctors, I'm not sure, and we begin to talk, and we just began to talk about the goodness of God. And I, I want to I encourage you in your house, in your cars, wherever you go, talk about the goodness of God. Uh, there's a scripture that my dad and I would talk so much about 
the goodness of God because you couldn't talk to him without him talking about the goodness of God. You just couldn't. He didn't gripe about what was going on in the world. Now, you might, he might tell you a little bit about what was happening. He prayed about it. We move on. It's when I was a child, he would say, oh, blood could be running down my leg. And he could say, we can fix that. Let's wash it off. Now go on and play. That was his attitude, you know. And, and so I've always said, you, just, you, you can have a nervous breakdown, but just have it for a minute. Then let's pick up and let's go on. Because if we spend too much time, we won't spend time with the goodness of God and talking about God because our words are vehicles and our words get out there and they form the world around us. And so I would use this. He would, uh, we were uh, talking constantly about the word of God on the phone and he would be, you know, dad would always preach. He'd preach to me and I loved hearing preach. I can still hear him preach sometimes. But uh I shared this scripture with him one time, and he just got so excited. And it's in uh, Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 16. And before I get started, I just want to share this with you, what the power of your testimony and what it means to God. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. I want to read that one more time. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard that word there those that reverence the Lord those who honored the Lord those who saw the goodness of the Lord and a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who entered who feared the Lord and honored his name and I thought my goodness they have books and scrolls and scrolls on my father because he couldn't help himself talk about God And I hope that you and I will make it more and more of a practice of our life to talk about the goodness of God and what's what's going on. Do you ever turn on the news and you turn it on? And if you've watched it five minutes, you've got the news. If you watch it 15 minutes, you've heard it at least two or three times. And it is not what the Lord is doing. And if we... Get that in our spirit so much, that's what we begin to live. And and it can be any show. It can be anything. It could be you sitting around the group. Whatever you're doing, I would just encourage you in your household, talk to your children about the Lord. They need to. But anyway, we, we were talking as we were going down the highway, and we were just talking about the goodness of God and how God, God has been so good to us. And I began to share with him something I was just sharing from my heart, and he said, I've never heard that before. And I was like, you know, there's, we were on the road for seven years. You know a lot happens in seven years, good and bad. And in that seven years, when we traveled, uh, and, and the book that is coming out tells an awfully lot about my past, and, and uh, Anyway, you, we're, we're going to be sharing that. Not today, but, but anyway, we were just talking about the miraculous of God, and, and I just said something about his supernatural provision. And, and, and pastor said, you've got to share that with the church. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I could build a message on it. He said, no, you need to testify about that. You need to. But anyway, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's a message, a testimony, whatever, but here we are. So I'm just going to share with you a, free thing, a few things about the supernatural provision in my life. And it wasn't because I am someone special, but it's because I serve a loving Father God. And I just would encourage you that when you leave here today, that you will 
take more time and spend more time to think about the goodness of God and how good he's been to you to bring you to this day. I know you've had pain and I know you've had sorrow. I know you've had situations. I understand that. But when we look at the goodness of God, I'm telling you it will do something inside of us that will cause the enemy to have to back up. Psalm 37 which all of you I'm sure have read, but the psalmist here is saying in verse 25 and 26, he said, I was old, I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. And the psalmist here is taking a look back, and he's remembering the God who even in the hard times of his life, he saw the goodness. And he's also mentioning the fact that those, the righteous, that understand who their God is, understand and live a life of generosity, live a life of giving, live a life of giving of themselves, uh, of living as close as they can to the word of God, that their children is going to be blessed. Not only are they going to be blessed, but their children are going to be blessed. You and I have to have a revelation that God delights in taking care of his own. Do you know that he has special care in you and he cares about you? It's easy to say, you know, God bless the pastors. God bless the pastoral staff. I pray for them and I want them to be blessed. But do you know that God, and thank you for doing that. We feel your prayers and thank you for doing that. But we pray for you and others pray for you. You are important. God cares about you personally. Every one of you about your life, what you're going through and what that means uh, in their whole perspective of life. And we have to get a revelation that God really does care for his own. Because I tell you what, if we didn't know that, we would drown. We would absolutely drown through life and the situations that we've gone through. But as a child, I learned. I can't exactly, I guess I just learned by example, but I learned to tithe and I learned to give as a way of life at an early age. And I encourage you parents, and we've told you over and over, teach your children to give. That's what uh, Lou and Tiffany are working so hard with, with, uh, with uh, Max because it doesn't come natural for Max. Max has autism, as you all know, and, uh, and that doesn't come easy. It, nothing. We have to teach repetitive. You know that wonderful, awesome young man that you see around here that has learned so much? Do you remember the little boy that didn't, you know, it was fight or flight with him? And most of the time he just fought all of us. But look what God has done and is doing in his life. And I just wanted to tell you, because I didn't know, don't know if you know this, Lou, or not, but but, but uh, he, he got uh, a strawberry smoothie this morning. And uh, he, it was so good that he decided to go tip this coffee shop. Now, let me tell you something. That's big. That's major for Max. But it's major for a lot of God's kids that know better, that should know better than at 11 o'clock. I mean, at 11 years old. They should know that by now. You know, they should know that. But many, many people do not know that. They hang on so tight because they think if they don't hang on to it, what am I going to do? How am I going to make it? How's God's going to provide? And I hope that I can help you a little bit with that this morning. Pastor taught uh, a few weeks ago about the widow woman the, and, and the woman that had the sons and the pot of oil. Remember, um, the more you pour, the more you multiply. 
and uh, that uh, when the vessel is ready, it will all will flow. And God is trying to get us all ready, the vessels, so that we'll pour. And the more we pour, I'm telling you, you can't tell me any difference. I have made the statement, I will never be broke. I have boldly made that statement. And you know, when I pull the last dollar out, God's got another one. He has a never allowed me because I believe and I trust. I've been to many places. I have had nothing, seemingly, but God always had something and he always got it to me. And it's knowing who we are in Christ. Not because we're something special, because we aren't. But we have to get past our mentality. All I have is like the little woman. All I have is this little pot of oil, which that little pot of oil was amazing what that did for her. That was richness. That was, that was good. And we know the multiplying of the loaves and fish is a story of a young boy giving what he had and what the master needed and wanted to use at that time. Well, there, when in 1976, we began as a family to sing we had three children tiffany's one of those tiffany was a uh, uh, not quite two when we went onto the road and uh she was just cute enough to be on the platform and do flips and do all those things and when she got a little older she'd play the tambourine and and uh, she was quite the quite the little show stealer i have many many stories i could tell you about her but then our uh our my oldest daughter played the drums and and uh, our son Played uh, bass guitar. In fact, Joey just left Nashville this year and has moved to Oregon, and, and he's now a real estate broker, uh, sells real estate. But he was this year a nominated for Bass of the Year. He'd been in Nashville for over 20 years. This year he was not. He didn't win, but he was nominated. And, uh, but he, and he didn't know that till the day he left, but he, when he left, he didn't look back. The only three people or four people that were nominated. And he was one of an amazing young man, but he wasn't called. That wasn't his call. His call, he's a heart of a, he has a heart of a worshiper. But many stories that we could tell about each block of our lives. But I just want to tell you a little bit. We took off with these kids. And when we first took off, we had a no, I don't even know what year Cadillac it was. I'm going to say it was probably about a 70 Cadillac big car and uh we got a travel trailer a businessman that we knew had a travel trailer he sold uh, uh mobile homes and he helped us get into a travel trailer and the thing of it was when we got ready to leave we didn't have a hitch so all we had on the back of our car was a ball and we pulled that on our bumper which i, I mean when you're young and foolish you do a lot of things and we were young and foolish. I mean, we really were. We were all that. But as we pulled out, the businessman handed us a credit card. And he said, this is for your gas and food whenever you need it. And uh, we had $200 in our pocket when we left and a credit card. And I, we, our first place that we went was to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And uh, our first service, and I think our offering was like $76. That's awesome. Now, I want to tell you, over the seven years, that's, that, that, that wasn't too far from wrong. <laughs> anywhere from 50 to 250. And 250, man, that was. But we sang anywhere from five to eight times a week. Three services on Sundays sometimes. But, but anyway, we, 
we went from Bartlesville, and then we went to Durant, Oklahoma. And I know Tiffany's hearing a lot of these things for the first time. We pulled into an RV place there. We had sung uh, our second place, and we pulled in there. And when we pulled in, there was a man in the trailer park that saw that we were pulling this, uh, I think, I don't know what to how many feet it was, so I probably have that wrong, but it was like a mid-size uh, trailer, RV, that you pull, uh, a Jayco. I don't know, on the footage, maybe 22, 24, I don't know. But anyway, it was too big. And he saw us. We were parked there. And he came over, and he said, you guys need a regular trailer hitch. You're going to lose that thing. I'm surprised you haven't already lost it. You know, he was an older gentleman with a lot of wisdom. And he said, you kids can't keep, you can't go down the road like that. Anyway, long story short, this man that we don't know, I can't tell you what his name is. I have no idea. But God used him, and he welded. I don't know how he did it, but he went and got what was needed. And he ended up welding on the back of our car uh, what we needed to pull that, that uh, trailer at that time. And uh, so life is a journey that we all learn on. And you know I'm more comfortable preaching than I am telling stories, so you guys understand that. But anyway, we'll, we'll just go with it. Uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. In other words, I'm independent of the circumstances. In any and every search, uh, situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And so God has spent lots of years of my life and your life training us for our every stage of life that we've ever gone through it, ever been through. But I was telling this particular story that I'm getting ready to tell you to Pastor as we were driving, and that's when he said, I've never heard that story. Well, in 1979 or 1980, we were again, we spent a lot of times in RV parks. We parked by churches, and we parked, uh, we parked on streets. We parked on uh, Walmart parking lots. We wa- that was back when you could get by with it. We parked at a lot of places, you know. We, parked our, our, we spent more time in rest areas in between trucks with, with their generators going and their motors going all night. That's where we spent most of our time. So I, I, can, I can sleep with anything going. It doesn't make me any difference. It drives my husband nuts, but I like sound at night because I always had sound. But we were in Florida, and again, we were in an RV park and parked right next to, I'm telling you what, God has divine appointments in your life. Every one of us. And sometimes you need to just look back and see those God appointments. We forget what God's done. And I, I'm just taking you down a memory lane to hopefully jog you a little bit. Because, see, when you read my story, you're going to say, my God. Because it's not pretty. But I'm telling you, in the middle of it, God's goodness was faithful. And that's why I trust him so much because he's never failed. He's always been so good. But there was this family, and we got to know them. We were in the area, and we were leaving. We had our bus at that time. And we would just leave the campground and go because we had several. uh, I looked at uh, one of our, I didn't find all of our uh, date books last night, but 
When we'd go into an area, it's like I said, we just went night after night after night after night. So we found a central location, and we would go from that place every night because these were new churches. We didn't know pastors. Sometimes if we knew them, we would go part by their church and stay for days. But anyway, God had sent us to this particular park, and we got to know this couple. And so we invited them. They, they just loved our little family. They were intrigued by us. It was intriguing. I mean, you, you know, it, it's, it really is. Uh, my kids were very talented, very gifted of God. And so they ended up going to service with us. In fact, they went to several services that week while we were parked there. And uh, shortly thereafter, it wasn't at that time, but they kept in touch. And shortly thereafter, they began to send $600 a month to us as long as we were still on the road. And that was enough to pay for our bus payment. Uh, and, and, you know, and I just happened to tell him that. I just, you know, I just blurted out some of the goodness. I said, you know, God's just always provided. And I began to share that with him. And, and uh, it was no small thing. It was, it was an amazing thing. Uh, because uh, I told you how the offerings were. And we, at the end, at the last year, we had uh, done our seventh album. We did seven, seven records that we recorded with, with our family. And many times, in fact, most of the time, probably 100% of the time, we sold more albums and records than we did uh, in offerings at the, in those days. Uh, but, uh, and the kids, they did some things. They worked for a living, those kids did, I'm telling you. Uh, but in Gilbert, Arizona, another place all the way on the other side, and I'm just hitting a few highlights because... We could do a book on, on, on just a whole bunch of these events and things, but just the goodness of God gets me excited when I get to think about how much he cares about you. And I'm only telling you these things again. I'm telling you we were nothing. All I am is a storyteller of God's goodness and his grace. That's it. Because it's his story. And I just want to share his goodness with you. But we were in Gilbert, Arizona, which is right out of close to Chandler, Arizona, uh, close to Phoenix, so on and so forth. But after a Sunday evening, we had loaded up, and we were headed to towards, we were going to Chandler because we had a pastor friend there, and we were going to park a few days there uh, while we sang in the churches, uh, by the churches, because we pulled, we pulled a car, and, and so we were just, you know, going to leave it, and then you have somewhere to come back to, those kind of things. But anyway, we were headed out after service, and uh, going back, and as we did, it was dark, and on this little road, it was one of those, you know, like, uh, oh, maybe going on W, I don't think it's called W now, but uh, going on a little road, you know, like that, going to, the, uh, to Chandler. And as we got in front of a house, all of a sudden, the crankshaft dropped on our bus. And that's not, that's not a small thing, that's a big thing on a bus. But it dropped right in front of a house. And in this house was a man named Ivan, his wife, Annie, Anna, and then there was Grandma. And Tiffy remembers them. And they helped get that bus with a tractor. He had a big tractor. They helped get, get, pull the bus over into their driveway by a... He had like a barn, like a shed barn there. Pulled that bus there, and they welcomed us. We had our home, but they welcomed us into their home. 
They fed us. They loved on us. And we became part of their lives, and they became part of our lives. We were there over a week. It was a divine appointment. This was a little Catholic family that had come from a Catholic background. And we represented Jesus to them in a fresh new way. And they gave their heart to Jesus Christ. They loved Jesus with all of their heart. They did. But they didn't have personal relationship with Jesus. And during that time, they gave their heart to Jesus. Annie, she was one of the most sweet, precious little ladies. And that little grandma, they were so precious. And in fact, even after they came to visit us one time in Missouri. But it was a divine appointment. And there was a lot of things that happened during that time. I could just tell you how God just, in this breakdown, how God provided finances for it, unbelievable. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going very long this morning. But I just want to share a few of these things with you. In 1982, we left a church in Eugene, Oregon. And it was on night, on 9, September the 13th. On a Monday morning, when I got up, the Lord spoke to me. And there was an evangelist that we had known that was out on the road and, and did basically what we did. And uh, the Lord just really spoke and said, send them $200. Well, that was probably the offering we got the night before. I don't know. But anyway, I learned to be obedient. This was not the tithe. This was not the offering that we sent back to our church because our tithe went to our home church in Salem. Like I said, I learned it as a little girl. I didn't quit. I didn't tithe to myself just because we were on the road. It went to my church. We learned. I learned some things when I was young. And I'm telling you, those things that I learned have kept us when there was nothing but. And that nothing but was more than enough to do what God wanted to do in our life. I want to encourage you, don't eat your seed. Plant your seed. Learn to be radical in your giving. Because, and, and it's been said before, but tithing is a covenant. Offering is opening up the heavens, the windows of heaven. And the Son of God causes the seed to grow in our lives. When we need it, right at the time when we need it. Because every time... I will tell you, every time of my life, even the last three years or four years when it got really hard, every time there's been provision. Amazing to me. But we pulled out that afternoon from Eugene, Oregon, and... Uh, because we had some things that we wanted to do. You know, we still had family things. We still did school. You know, every day we just had things that we did. And so we did some things before we left. And it was afternoon, kind of late when we left. And we headed on down toward, uh, we were going into Northern California. And we got to, and I, some of you have heard this story before. But we got 11 miles north of Wairika, California when the bus broke down. And I think it might have been a linkage. I'm not really sure because I don't know, you know, buses and trucks, you know, on the road. If they're not new, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on. That's just the way it is. We, those wheels had to be packed all the time. And there was just stuff, you know, and there was life that went on. 
But anyway, we got there and uh, I think the name of the, I looked it up last night. No, actually in my date book, I found this particular thing. In my date book, that's how I, come, I knew that it was September the 13th, 1982. Uh, in Randolph, Collier Rest Area, that's where we broke down. Somehow, God always got us into something. You know, there was always a refuge. I'm just telling you, there's always a refuge. When you think there's not a refuge, there's a refuge. And we pulled, got safely into that uh, rest area. And uh, I want to remind you again, we're traveling by faith, three children. And at this time, we had another young man that was traveling with us. He was playing bass. Joy was on lead guitar at that time. And uh, so we had quite the crew, and I taught that crew every day. Those four munchkins, I'm telling you. Learned a lot because, see, I didn't know so much before, but I learned a lot from them. Um, and we got there, and we called a friend, another evangelist that was out. Actually, it was a word singing group, but another evangelist and, that was out and had been all of the U.S. everywhere. California was their area. That it was their area of going a lot. And we just called them and asked them to pray with us and told them we'd broke down where we were at and said, do you know? any mechanics in this area, you know, just that kind of thing. You know, any people in this area that we can make contact to find out where we can go to get parts, so on and so forth. Made that one call. And we just simply asked them to pray with us because we knew that God had the next, but we absolutely did not. And by dark time, there was a knock on our bus door and there was this little couple that came to the door, and they had two, two bags of groceries in their arms. And they introduced themselves, and they said, we're a friend of Bill and Vi. And uh, they just called and said, you guys might could use a little bit of help. And uh, we, want let, we want to help you. Big old smiles on their face. And they brought those groceries in and put them out on our table. And, I mean, I remember there was ham sliced him it was good and and it wasn't that we didn't have any grocery but I'm telling you I'm just talking about how God sees and the provision of God and how he will take care of you and I'm trying to spur you to look at your life and see how good God's been to you because it's so easy to get in your stuff and forget the goodness and the faithfulness of God that's all I'm doing this morning is trying to get you to see that God has taken well care of you in the midst of your stuff only two, a year and a half later, my, whole, uh, my children's whole life totally was messed up and looked like it was gone. But I can't forget to remember the goodness of God in times that look like they're going to turn out terrible. Anyway, they, and they told us, you know, you can come, tomorrow we'll come in. Show you where we live. We'll take you to some places, you know, and whatever you need, we'll try to help you. Make sure you get them. And uh, we got up the next morning, and when we opened the bus door, right next to the, us, sleep in the car, was a man that had been at one of our previous services. So our friend Bill had been busy. And there was a man, a mechanic, that had come, and not only had he come, but he had brought the linkage or whatever it was we need. He brought it, and he brought the tools, and he stayed for a couple days, however long it took to get that bus fixed. He stayed until it was fixed. 
But not only that, as we were parked there, I remember this big, beautiful bus pulling up beside us, and it was a group called the Thompson Family. I never heard them sing before, didn't know anything about them. There was a lot of groups out that time. Back in those days, that's just what everybody did. And uh, they pulled up, and we, we were in different parts of the world, and, you know, of where we all sang the most. And, and uh, anyway, we talked to them, and they introduced, and, you know, they told us about uh, their lives a little bit. We told them about what, you know, we were broke down. They obviously, they could, they could relate to that because they'd been that way before too. But before they left, they prayed with us and handed us $100. And the little family that came, they took us back to their house. We took showers. They fed us. And the only thing I really remember about this little, this little family, they were divine appointments of God. I remember that the, uh, the, the man, he was, uh, he shot off dynamite. It seemed like they call him something monkey. I don't know. Huh? Powder monkey. He was a powder monkey. And that's what he did. And, and I remember that Joey got to go with him and watch him do something. And, and, but I just marvel at God and his goodness. And do you know that in that week's time, there was more given than if we'd sang every night. The seed was much more important than the need. And if we can ever learn that in our life, when you get in big trouble, what do you do? Learn to plant a seed. Learn to plant because the Son of God will beam down through the heavens and will cause that seed to grow in your life. One or maybe one or two more stories and then I'm going to be done. I know we're going to be getting out early today. But I, I might give you, I asked them not to uh, put this on, uh, I, I didn't want to do live feed today. I feel very vulnerable. I told, uh, I told the translator in Georgia when I sent him the manuscript on my book. And this has been a very hard year for me because of the transparency that I've laid out into this book. But it wasn't my idea because it's all about God's victorious living that he gives us in our lives. But I told the translator, I said, I feel so vulnerable, especially in the Republic of Georgia. Because the women there were so oppressed and they didn't know who they were in Christ. But I celebrate the leaders of that country, the men of their country, that opened up the door for me to come in and minister to those women. And now those men, women, we see videos all the time where they're ministering in their churches. Where God has just took and just blossomed those women with the word of God. And we got to be a small part of that. But it's very, I feel very vulnerable you know, when, and the translator, and I told him I want them to be honest because I don't want it to be offensive. And, and my translator there, his name is David, and he said, this is going to be so good for the, not just the women, but for the people of our country. So I really want you, Solid Rock, to pray for that book. And we're, you know, that God will take it and God will use it. But anyway, uh, when, 
I'll tell you two more since we got time. There was this pastor and his wife back in our first year going to California, which would have been 77, I believe. Going all the way to California, uh, we stopped, you know, you, you just stop as you go. And uh, we got there around uh, Thanksgiving time, I think, or a little bit before Thanksgiving time. And uh, this little couple, their names were Smith. I called her Lady Smith, which she really became like a mama to me. And as you read the book and as you understand my life, you can understand what a gift that she was to me. And uh, they took and embraced our little family. And we had gone to California that same year in 77. And then we came back right before Christmas. And they took our family. And they were so good to us. They took our family and they shopped. Their daughter had children and our children became friends with them. And they took our children and they bought them clothes, and, and they just ministered to our family. They took me shopping and, and treated me like a princess. My mama, Lady, Lady uh, Smith, became my mama over the years. On birthdays, I got shoes, and I got, I got my dress that I wore when Daryl and I got married came from her. I mean, it is, I'm just telling you about the goodness of God. I'm just telling you how God... And there's so many stories in that, and they always made sure when we left there, we never left with less than $1,000 or $1,200 or $1,500 or $2,000 to go home for Christmas because they knew that we didn't have services too much, you know, for a couple of weeks. And, but they just, God just used them. They become uh, parents in the spiritual realm to us out on the road. And so it's just, just an interesting thing how God will put people, divine appointments. Don't miss your divine appointments. The people that God puts in your life that can speak into your life that, or you can speak into their life and you can cause them to change because that's what it's all about is God is, is feeding each other with the word of God. But when my children and I were left, and, and I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to say much, but I just want to tell you again about the goodness of God. We didn't have a home to go to because ours was rented out. At that time, we had been singing on the road so much that when we came home, we were only home for a couple of weeks. We had our bus, you know, you park it by our parents, leave it, you know, and we didn't really have to have it, so we had rented it out. But when, but when we were left, didn't have any money coming in, didn't have a job. I will tell you about one job because Daryl thinks it's funny. Our town was devastated because we were kind of their sweethearts. We were kind of their darlings. We'd sang in every church almost in that, in that city. It didn't matter what church it was out in the country as far as you could go. They knew the Kennedy family. They knew us. And so it was a real blow for for the whole city for for the little town I didn't have a car didn't have a job and I walked into the bank see my daddy taught me when I was young to pay my bills he told me pay your bills keep integrity and he taught me you know back then we bought our tires you know we had to buy those on credit if you tell the guy you're going to give him $5, you be sure, darling, you're in there and you give him that $5. If you told him 10 you make sure that you get it. If you don't eat, you get it. I mean, he taught me. And all through the years, didn't miss payments, did my very best, always. 
And if I didn't, I, if I didn't have a, I had a personal relationship with the bankers, I've always had, because I want to be able to talk to them. I want them to know that we have integrity. I've always been that way. I walked into the bank, and of course we were front page news, you know. Even though they didn't put it on the front page, everybody knew. And I walked in and I sit down, and I said, I don't have a job, but I need a car. He said, darling, have you found a car? And I said, no. He said, okay. Told me where to go. He said, go find your car and come back. He said, I know you're good for it. You know, I'm talking about provision. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't need anything. But I couldn't do anything if I didn't have a car. Went to somebody in town, of course, that knew me. Got a car. And I got a, I got a job. And I'm going to tell you this job, and you, this is probably, I told very few people about this job because it wasn't my job. But it was a job. And you got to understand, we got back into our house. I had had a nervous breakdown just a few months before. I was not in any shape to do anything hardly. And my kids were suffering. But we didn't have any money. But wait, back that up a little bit. There was a church, two churches that were putting a new air conditioner on our bus because we needed a new air conditioner on it. I think one was in Ohio and maybe one in Michigan. They sent that money to me, and I, I called them, and I said, I can't take this money because I said, I told them what had happened. The kids, this is just the kids and I. And they were like, you take that money and use it. I had $600. Thank you, Jesus. I had $600. And got in our house. And they begin to, churches begin to bring us food. So much food, I didn't know what to do with it. That's what God does. Provision, provision, provision. But before that, $600 came through in that, I took, I went and you may laugh at this, or you may think, how can it be? And I'm not putting anybody down. I was desperate because my kids, if you've been through a divorce and you've been through a brutal divorce, everybody hurts. Everybody. No, and all the people that's around the parameters of it. That's just the way it is. But I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his mercy. And his goodness. But I didn't know how we were going to eat. And of course, God's always got a better plan than I do. But I went down and I thought, I'll get food stamps. And I went and I sat. I waited my turn. And I went in. And, you know, our divorce, you know, wasn't final. I didn't lie about anything. I just was real honest about everything I could name that we had. She said, I'm sorry, you got too much. We can't help you. And I, because got a bus, you know, it's not, nothing settled. I'm back in my house. And, and I remember coming, getting back out of the, came to the carport. And I got out and I just broke down and I said, God, I'm too rich to get help and he stopped me and he said darling 
I've got everything you need. And he had it. He had it. I'm not putting anybody down that does anything. I'm just saying that's just where I was at. But God had another plan for my life. Oh, the job. I know you thought I forgot it. Anyway, we weren't in the best shape. I decided, okay, I'm going to go out. <laughs> that was back when you didn't just send your resume in. You know, you actually had to go face people to do it. And I thought, gosh, I don't know anything. I've been in ministry all my life. I don't know nothing. And because I was raised PK and, and I, I, you know, I'd waitressed. I'd waitressed. I'd done a lot of jobs waitressing. I, I did that from the time I was 13, you know, until we basically went on the road. Up until Tiffy was born, I actually, that I, I had waitress. But I didn't have any skills. But there was a new cheese store in our community. And so I decided to, well, I don't know what this means, but I'll go see if they need anybody. And I walked in, and I just told the guy, I said, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking for a job. I said, I don't know if you would need anybody. I have no idea. And he's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. And he said, uh, I need somebody to travel and to, to go to these different stores and take and show them because it's, it's a regular cheese place, you know, where all these varieties of cheese that they make and so on and so forth. And uh, I got the job. Long story short, I got the job. And I, but the, the thing of it was, was that it, I was uh, gone from my, I left early one morning and I didn't get home till after midnight, that, fir- that midnight, that first day. And I said, God, I can't do this. And it was like, he said, you didn't ask me. And I went back and I apologized to the guy. I sold a whole bunch that day. I went back and I said, I am so sorry that I did this, but this job is not for me. And I'm like, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I want to encourage you that you will get challenged for that which you believe, but just know that you can trust God. In closing this morning, and like I said, this is not, this, you, all of you that's heard me preach, this is not me preach. I'm just sharing today uh, about the supernatural provision of God. Don't ever forget that. He is a supernatural provider, whether it's your healing. I could, I could, I could stand up here and give you testimonies of healing. I'm telling you, God's been so good to me. That when I'm having struggling with something, I'm like, God, I, I wouldn't dare complain. I don't like this. But I know you got an answer. Give me wisdom and show me in how to get to this answer. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 4, remember, he told Joshua to choose 12 men and told them what to do. And so Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord, your God, in the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off so that these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel 
forever. A testimony. And I want to go down to verse 9. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of Jordan at the place where the feet of the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. That's how powerful the testimony of the word of God is. That's how powerful your children need to hear the stories of the goodness of God. Your co-workers, somebody get me a your co-workers need to hear the goodness of God in your life. We need to remind each other, thank you, son, about the goodness of God in our life. Because sometimes all we see is what we're in. All we see is where we're at. And where we're at is not comfortable. I'm telling you that if I could, I don't even know how many times that God has come through for me. But if I could write them all down and I could count the numbers of them, I have to promise you that when I was in number one, number two, number three, number four, uh, 178, 543, whatever it is, it was miserable. It's not fun. But I remember the faithfulness of God, and that faithfulness of God is what helps me. And I can say, I know God's got it. I don't like it what it is, and sometimes I cry if I must because, you know, God gave us emotions. But you won't catch me crying and moaning about it for days because I did that way back then, and it didn't work for me. You're like, God always says, how's that working out for you, darling? Not so good because nobody don't care. But you do. That's truth sometimes. Anyway, I know you got a story. Every one of you. We're his storytellers. But we got to see it. We got to recognize it. And we got to understand how much God loves us and how much he cares. And yes, grace is an amazing thing. Our chains are gone. Our chains are gone. We could be vegetables. Unable to speak, unable to preach the word of God, unable to testify, unable to share the goodness of God with someone. But his faithfulness, and when we understand how faithful he is, we won't fear our tomorrows. Because he's here with us in our today, and he's already been in our tomorrows. He already knows all about it. And he's challenging us to remember that he's a supernatural God. And he's made provision. I would encourage you to dig into his promises of the word. And trail. Make a trail. Look into your life of his faithfulness. Even in the hardest of hard times. Look and see his faithful. Even when you were ugly. Even when you made bad decisions. Even when you did things that you were ashamed of. I put in here. I put in here somewhere. I know what shame and failure looks like more than once in my life. But I'm thankful that he's God. I'm not proud of the shame that I brought to my family or to others. But his grace, his goodness, his, for, his forgiveness is such an amazing, amazing thing. Would you stand to your feet this morning?
If you're in this house today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm just so excited that in the last three weeks, I think there's been like eight people that have said yes to Jesus. And maybe there's, I know we're low in number today, but maybe there's somebody here today that hasn't asked Jesus Christ into your heart and Savior. Maybe you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe he isn't that personal Savior. He's a Jesus that you hear about, that you even love, but he is not the Lord of your life. He is not that Savior to you. And if you're here in this house today and you haven't made that commitment to him, he loves you so very much. And his master plan for our life, if we could just, if we, you can, you could say, oh, it's just because you have this and you have that. No, sweetheart, it's not because of that. Not even a little bit because of that. My story may be different, but my story is not any more important than your story about the goodness of God. It's just how you look at it and what you do with it is what makes the difference. If you're here today in this house and you just want to say, I just want to give my heart to Jesus. I really want to know that he has my heart and my life. If you're here today and you want to make that commitment, would you just raise your hand? Would you just raise your hand and say, I, I want to make sure that I've given my heart and my life to Jesus. Because in him I can trust. In him I know that he will take care of me and the things that I'm concerned about. Is there anybody in this place that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I want to pray for all of you today. I'm going to pray that out of the simple, simple testimony this morning, and that's really what I feel like it is. It's probably just more of a testimony than anything to the goodness of God, but that's what preaching is, really. It's just different for me in this fashion. That your faith is built up. That you understand that right where you're at, see, God knows. He's got the good future for all of us, but he's got the good day for us, too, right in the middle of our stuff. I've seen so much goodness of God in this last year that we'd have to write a chapter or two about that. Some of you need to just write down some goodness of God in your life because you forget we need to learn how to journal some things and write down some things because, see, we can remember the negatives, but the problem is we're not remembering the goodness of God. Some of you need to write, begin to pin down some good things of God. There's a trail of His goodness. We should have been bound in our chains, we should have not been forgiven. I've been forgiven more than one time. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior one time, and he came into my heart. But I've had to come ashamed before and said, I'm sorry for my actions. I'm sorry. I went against what I knew. There's nothing worse than when a Christian does what we know not to do, and we sin against our own integrity. I don't know about you, but I've done that. It broke my heart. But he's always had his arms open for me. And he's always accepted me. Confess your sins. 
For he is faithful and just to forgive us. And he says, turn around and go on. Go on. My grace is sufficient for you. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this congregation today. In every life, even to those that maybe feel like they don't have a whole lot to be happy or encouraged about, let them see your trail. Let them see how you have put a divine appointments in their lives and how you have used them as divine appointments for other people's lives. Help them to see, oh God, how much you love them. God, I thank you that Solid Rock is a group of people that see your goodness all around us. And we'll be quick to give you praise. We'll be quick to give you glory. We'll be quick to give you honor. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, we love you. God's got good things for you, for all of us. And where we're at right now is not where we're going to be tomorrow because this is the only... This is the only, uh, this is the 19th of August, 2018, and this is the only day that we get to have this day. See his goodness in this day. And trust him with that which you can't fix. There are so many, and see, we spend our life trying to fix with that which we cannot, and we get frustrated, and we won't see what God's doing. Just see the goodness of what he's been doing and understand he's got this. Whatever it is, he's got this. Amen? We love you. Take time to shake hands with somebody and tell Solid Rock family that you love them. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock.com at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.